Hey everybody, this is Taylor Otwell back with another Laravel snippet. It's April 12th here in the office, just wrapping up another week working on Laravel. Um, I've been working really hard on a so-called secret project six, as I've been uh, referring uh, to it on Twitter. Um, those secret projects being Forge, Envoyer, Spark, uh, Horizon, and Nova so far. And now uh, the sixth one that I'm working on now, hoping to have ready for you uh, this summer. So I've been staying pretty busy and of course managing all of the standard GitHub pull requests and issues and all of that along with Mohammed and Dries. Um, a lot has uh, been going on since the last snippet. Um, some big news with the next version of PHP um, enabling JIT, the next major version of PHP having a just-in-time compiler. Um, sort of an interesting development. Um, there was quite a bit of discussion about this internally in the PHP group beforehand, and it uh, looks like it went ahead and got merged in. But from what I understand, you know, based on preliminary benchmarks, they haven't seen it show a very significant improvement over your typical web app performance. Um, they see it provide improvements over very sort of computationally intensive tasks like um, 3D rendering or rendering fractals or something like that. But something that's not really, you know, your typical web application use case. Um, so I'm unsure really what to make of this uh, just-in-time compiler. Um, from what I understand, it does increase the development complexity of PHP um, since the internal developers now need to understand how JIT works. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll see if this ends up being a good decision or not. There was a blog post actually by someone who works on PHP where I think they seemed to insinuate they were hopeful that this would sort of widen the horizon of PHP as a programming language into other applications. Although I'm not totally sure I agree with that sort of assessment. Like if someone wants to do 3D rendering or, you know, write in a language to do that kind of thing, I'm not sure they're ever going to reach for PHP. That just doesn't feel like something, you know, they would do. Um, so even if it does get faster, those use cases, I'm not sure that the people doing those use cases are really going to be interested in pulling in PHP to do those when they could pull in other languages that maybe they're already more comfortable with or have a more mature JIT um, and things like that. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, my main hope is that it uh, eventually bears more fruit in terms of your standard everyday web app, um, which it doesn't seem to do so far, but hopefully that will change in the future and will bring uh, significant performance improvements. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. I actually also got an email from a, one of the PHP, one of the people that contributes to PHP um, sort of often asking, you know, what, I, what do I want to see in PHP? It's kind of interesting. I've never gotten an email like that actually from someone that is involved in PHP maintenance itself. Um, and I responded that I'm actually pretty happy with PHP in its current state. I think um, starting with 5.3 and onwards, things have gotten progressively better. Um, 5.3 was a huge release that included closures, namespaces, late static binding, a lot of stuff that actually made Laravel possible. And before Laravel 5, or before PHP 5.3, um, something like Laravel, the elegance of Laravel's code uh, would not be achievable because the language simply didn't have the features needed to implement it. Um, so, um, I gave him a few ideas for things I'd like to see. I think most of the things I really enjoy, uh, new features in PHP are just really simple quality of life improvements, like, you know, short arrays. So I would like to see short closures. Um, 
little stuff like that that sort of makes your everyday life better. Um, short closures is probably near the top of my list in terms of things I would want to see in PHP. Basically a anonymous function syntax that's similar to JavaScript, which there is an RFC out for that. I haven't checked to see if that's accepted. There's an RFC out for that for single line sort of Lambda expressions, but uh, not multi-line, although the RFC does note that adding multi-line support um, presumably would be sort of trivial if the single line support was added. Um, so hopefully that will be coming soon and uh, that would make me actually pretty happy. That's something I've wanted for a while. And then of course, just your standard performance improvements that really kicked into gear with PHP seven. I think after they were sort of pressured a little bit peer pressure by HHVM, um, PHP seven introduced the op cache, which uh, was a pretty significant performance improvement actually for even typical web apps. So, you know, as long as PHP keeps getting faster and making incremental improvements, I'm actually pretty happy with the development environment as it is right now. I'm not the type to get super excited about things like generics or things like that because um, I, I just, I don't feel like that really makes my code any better. Um, I already write a lot of tests. Um, it's not going to reduce the amount of tests I have to write. And um, I just don't think like, uh, when you think of like a generic collection, um, where you can't put anything in it except a certain type of object. I just don't feel like those are the types of bugs I even encounter uh, writing applications very often. Like if I'm building a collection of users, I don't find myself accidentally sticking like a podcast model in my user collection. It's just not a bug that seems to happen in reality very often. Um, so I don't feel like it really brings a ton of benefit. But again, I'm not, I'm not adamantly opposed to it. I know that um, you know, adding more sort of type safe features in PHP is sort of the rage right now. And I think the main benefit for that really is, um, it doesn't reduce any of the amount of tests you write, but it, I guess it does sort of help the static analysis aspect of PHP and people are working on libraries, um, you know, like PHP Stan or I believe Psalm is another one to do static analysis on PHP code and sort of find errors or incorrectness. Um, as I mentioned a few snippets ago, though, um, still have to write the same amount of tests. So for me, it's not a huge difference. And I kind of I kind of prefer dynamic languages anyway. So because I came from a very type safe environment in C sharp and um, having a dynamic language was actually sort of a breath of fresh air. So when I was kind of running from um, uh, type safety um, overload, <laughs> um, a lot of PHP developers are kind of running towards that now, which is kind of ironic. Um, so we'll see, uh, what happens anyway, but I'm moral of the story is I'm pretty happy with PHP. Actually, I think, um, it's gotten a lot better over the last few years and, um, I really enjoy using it and don't find myself just craving a bunch of new stuff all the time, uh, which I think is nice. Um, there was also some discussion about escaping column names in the Laravel query builder. Some people were not aware, and I don't think I've done a very good job of making um, this very known, but PDO, uh, which is what you know most PHP, modern PHP applications use to talk to databases, they don't really have a built-in mechanism for escaping column names like they do values. So when you do where ID equals one, that one value is properly escaped. So you can safely pass user input into that, of course. Um, but the column name is not escaped and there's no built-in mechanism to escape those column names in PDO. So um, you should never let your users dictate the columns of your query or like sort of build the filter without you verifying it first. 
Um, otherwise, it is possible to have a SQL injection vulnerability in your application. So if you do need to let users dictate sort of what fields you're filtering on, uh, your best approach is to have a whitelist on the server of allowed columns and then check that the past column matches your hard-coded whitelist of columns. That way you know that you can only pass those values. Um, so I think Spotty had a package that was maybe vulnerable to this in the order by uh, portion of the query. But I did add a big red alert to the query builder docs, just making people aware that PDO does not have a mechanism for escaping column names. So um, you should always either not allow your users to control them at all, or if you need to for your application purposes, then you need to use a whitelist. Um, so um, if you are passing a user input into your columns, probably you should go ahead and implement a whitelist on that because it is a pretty dangerous thing to do if you have to do it at all. Um, there was also a talk or a question on Reddit about um, skinny or fat models and what approach people prefer. And I tend to prefer sort of a fat model approach. My controllers are actually really skinny, I find. Um, I do follow the sort of, um, I think DHH actually, David Heinemeyer Hansen, who created Ruby on Rails, had a blog post years ago about how he likes to only use the um, resource verbs on controllers as his actions. He doesn't like to have any other actions. So when you have a controller, you limit yourself to only, you know, like index, show, store, update, delete, something like that. And if you need to add any other actions, usually that's an indicator that you can extract a whole other controller that follows those resource verb conventions. And so I follow that pretty strictly, which I find tends to make my controllers also pretty thin. And then I'll have pretty beefy models actually that have some pretty rich logic on them. And, um, you know, I think one misconception of this approach is that just because your model has um, some pretty um, or quite a bit of logic sort of exposed on its public API, that doesn't mean that all the code to perform those tasks has to be within the model. So for example, let's take Forge, for example, and let's just assume like sort of a hypothetical server model or maybe a site model, let's say, that has a deploy method, site deploy. So of course, sticking the entirety of the deployment logic within the site model is probably not even possible um, for starters and probably wouldn't be a good idea because it'd be quite a bit of logic. But what you could do is still have that public method on the site model, but have that sort of call another method or another service, um, you know, or fire off some command or queued job to actually perform the task. And I actually find that, you know, maybe that's not exactly, a, the model's not necessarily fat per se in terms of lines of code, but it just has sort of a rich API of public methods that give you a really fluent, nice interface that's very readable. Um, because it's very readable to say site deploy, um, even if behind the scenes that's firing off to other things. It just sort of keeps the public API really nice. Um, so that's kind of uh, how my models look. Um, I don't necessarily implement every line of logic needed to complete a task within the model, but I like to have that really fluent API. You know, I just think it feels really good uh, when I'm interacting with my code. So that's kind of how I approach the sort of skinny fat model question. Um, Laracon, we have a few cancellations uh, for Laracon 2019 here in the U.S. So I think there's like seven or eight tickets out there right now. Um, I put out a tweet, but you can go purchase those at any time. Um, there's always some cancellations that string in, you know, as we get closer to the event, people can no longer make it. So go ahead and get your hands on those. And we also have tickets to the after party, which I'm not sure we have a real hard limit on how many we can sell. So 
There's plenty of tickets out there uh, for the after party at Lucky Strike with bowling, pool, ping pong, drinks, and all of that. Uh, we also put up our last speaker on the Laracon US website, which was Dries Vince, who I believe is going to be talking about open or event sourcing. And of course, he is a Laravel uh, staff member officially and mainly works on the open source side of Laravel. So um, that'll be real. I think this is his first time at Laracon US, I believe. So uh, come out and say hi to uh, another member of the Laravel staff. And of course, I'll be there as well. All right. So I think that's all I have for this week. And I will be back next week.